0: It is a very tough act to follow, but we do have uh, messages from two of the members of Congress and Senate who were unable to be here, in part because of the, of the rescheduling. Uh, Senator John Cornyn has sent a message, and uh, we have uh, his able legislative assistant, Malcolm Warbrick, who will be reading it for us. As you may know, uh, Senator Cornyn is is rather visible, but you may know he was elected in 2002 uh, from Texas, uh, and uh, he is now um, a member of the Subcommittee, uh, of of the Committee on Finance and the Judiciary. He's of course the minority whip um, for the 113th Congress, and is and he was chosen to be the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee for the 2010 and 2012 election cycles. So we are very, very honored to have Senator Cornyn's support. He spoke, of course, at our previous uh, conference uh, two years ago. And Malcolm, please, if you could read the Senator's statement. Thank you.
1: That surely is a tough act to follow. <laughs> um, Senator Cornyn regrets not being able to be here today, um, but he did ask me to read this statement. <clears throat> Although I am not able to be with you today in person, I appreciate the opportunity to share some thoughts with you on the United States policy towards the Iranian regime and the people of Iran. These days, we hear a lot about the Iranian regime. We hear about the regime's nuclear weapons program and the threat that opposes the United States and our allies. We hear about the regime's direct res- support for terrorist groups like Hezbollah and their destabilizing influence in the region. We hear about assassinations and attempts the, regi- the regime has orchestrated on foreign soil. We also hear the regime's threats, usually from President Ahmed- Ahmadinejad or the Ayatollah, against the United States and our allies. We hear a great deal about the actions and policies of the regime because they are a cause for great concern. But all the discussion about the regime in Tehran should not be allowed to simultaneously drown out the important voice and the aspirations of the Iranian people. We know the regime poses a threat to the United States, but we also know that it has been oppressing its own people since it took power in 1979. The United States Department of State has documented the regime's horrific human rights record. The Iranian media remains censored, the Iranian journalists remain jailed, and the freedoms of speech, assembly association, movement, and religion remain severely restricted. Yet in spite of the oppression the Iranian people face, in the summer of 2009, millions of Iranians joined together. They stood up, voted for new leadership, and demanded greater freedom. And the world watched as the regime carried out its brutal response, spilling the blood of its own citizens. But the people of Iran were not dissuaded. As we saw again in 2011, Protesters throughout Iran staged rallies in support of the Arab Spring, knowing that the regime would once again crack down, arresting, torturing, and prosecuting protesters and critics for their dissent. As the next Iranian presidential election approaches, I have no doubt the Iranian people will remind the world once again of their hunger for freedom. We know that the Green Movement remains active, and we know that the Iranian regime fears them, as is reportedly taking steps to prevent protests surrounding the upcoming June election. Today it remains incumbent upon the United States to stand with the Iranian people who are making great sacrifices to bring democracy to their country. The Iranian people have many allies on Capitol Hill who believe the Green Movement's efforts in 2009 represented only a beginning. And we will continue to push the Obama administration to stand with the Iranian people. I admire you for your passion and your dedication to bringing democracy to Iran, and I wish you well in your efforts. Thank you.